Ozzy, 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 Ozzy. Philly? What's going on, man? Oh, you know. Some of this, some of that. Some of this, some of that. Uh, we're back. Yes, we are. Steel Tone Talks, as Steel promised. Talks. As promised, we are back. Um, as always, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a special guest uh, with us today. We do? We do. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, did not grow up with this guy. But, um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I don't know. Over the, over the years that I've known him for, (laughs) I'm a little, I'm questioning it, but, (laughs) but it's all good. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, my buddy Ryan White, uh, he's here, uh, on Sealtown Talks, uh, originally from Kingston, Ontario, moved to Hamilton, Ontario, uh, to, Let's say expand his horizon of life because oh. Hamilton is a beautiful location to just expand these things. So it is interesting. It's very interesting, but yes, we got Ryan White on the on the mic here with us today. Ryan, how you feeling, brother? Very well, very well, Philly. Oh, very well. Well, that's, that's, very well. Very well. Very interesting man here. We're friends today, right? We can be okay. at times. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, so, Ryan. Talk to me. How long have you been in Hamilton for? Uh, so, got a, a job back in 2010, and uh, I was living in St. Catharines at the time, and then um, I moved here full-time September 2011, so basically hitting nine, nine years at this point. Nine years. Nine years going strong, or nine, nine years of questioning? Well, you know... The city's definitely growing on me. I'm mm. getting used to the smell. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's it's amazing to see how the city's kind of grown and developed over the nine years. Like you see Ottawa Street, Lock Street, yeah. a lot of areas in Hamilton that have really kind of grown and being able to explore, you know, the um, the waterfalls, all the trails, all that stuff in the city. It's a it uh, it's definitely growing on me. Well, it's good, man. I'm glad you're. Uh, <clears throat> I'm glad you're enjoying your time here, and hopefully, it's a permanent thing because we yeah. like you. No, no, thanks. We like you, man. Yeah, Hamilton yeah. loves you. <laughs> yes. Well, Hamilton loves you. I, I, I love it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hamilton loves you, but I don't know about. <laughs> 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 no, just joking, man. You're good. You're you're no, you're phenomenal people. You're actually one of the most. Uh, Trustworthy and reliable people that I that I know, minus Austin, of course, because he's my counterpart, and I have to say good things about him. Well, but, he's here. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. Yes. So you're currently working for Defasco, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So um, basically, I manage their wellness programs and and deal with um, a lot of their fitness, uh, health, and wellness. Bunch of their. Um, I have a bunch of employees that kind of work on managing their fitness facilities, um, running mental health programs, uh, cardiac rehab, injury prevention, um, that that type of thing. Okay. Sounds like a lot. It seems like a lot. Um, it is a lot. How much would you say it's uh, is, is, is draining? Um, it, it, it depends on a day-to-day, right? So uh, like, like with any position... You, um, 
you go through, especially at a big company like DeFasco, you go through a lot of bureaucratic um, red tape. Red tape, yeah, and and Austin's very familiar with that, uh, uh, I'm sure. Um, and but when you get to work with the people, um, especially on a one-on-one basis, it really kind of brings home why I got into the uh, the health and wellness industry as a whole. So, mm-hmm. you know, being able to see the change of people who could barely walk after having a heart attack and then being back on their full shift, back to regular duties, back playing hockey, um, seeing guys who are 360 pounds um, finally commit to a weight loss program and, you know, drop to 190 pounds in, in a year and a bit. Um, and you're putting together these programs for them, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So seeing those things just make you appreciate um, the job and, and all the hard work you that uh, you put in. Yeah. Um, and it gets you through the challenges of working um, in a workplace that can sometimes be very demanding on you. Hmm. So... Uh, not only do you work for DeFasco, but you also have, uh, you also work for uh, your own business, which is Live Well. Yep. Give me a little bit of information on your Live Well. So, um, me and my wife co-own a, an exercise therapy clinic called Live Well. Um, so it's located out in um, Oakville, and basically it's a franchise model that started out in uh, Vancouver and it's basically think of physiotherapy but for people who have heart disease or diabetes or cancer or depression or um, just have you know high blood pressure or um, overweight or some joint problems mm-hmm. and so they, they need a place to go and physiotherapy isn't really the place for them that deals with more acute issues. And once they get released from the hospital after a three-month program, they're like just thrown out into thrown the out some, world. Right, right, right. So we were actually, Austin and I were just, uh, we were just watching something uh, a bit ago. And it, they were, uh, the woman, she was talking about how, you know, we go through like, uh, we go through... It, either our parents were, were they, our parents passed away mm-hmm. and you only get like a specific amount of days for, for what's it? Um, bereavement. For bereavement. Yeah. Right. You only get a specific amount of days and then you're thrown back into the wilderness. Yeah. Right. And it's like, is that enough time for you to just be like, okay, well I got to go back to work. I got to pay my bills. I got to do this, that, and the other. Is that even enough? Like, should we be increasing the bereavement days? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it, it's always an interesting question, right? Because people, companies and people and insurance companies always put a value on someone's life mm. or someone's pain or uh, whether it's physical or emotional, right? So, you know, you may be very close with a relative and it may take you a long, long time to get through that, yet you're forced to go back to work. Or go off on unpaid leave. Yeah. If um, those are your basically your two options, right? Or you may not be very close with a, a relative, and people see it as you know free time off or extra vacation mm-hmm. time. So it's a very difficult, complex uh, question. But it like with physical pain, 
you can kind of see markers of where someone is in their progress with emotional pain it's it's much more difficult to to create those markers and see how close they would be to getting back to you know full health and functional health it's also because like people i mean they could fake physical pain to an extent Mm -hmm. but it's a lot easier to claim emotional pain even if it's not there for and companies on a production scale like they need you at work. Whereas, I mean, if you don't want to go to work, then you just don't show up to work. Mm-hmm. But then they're just going to move on from you, right? Because they'll just bring in somebody that can, actually can do, do the work because yeah. the work needs to be done. Yeah. Same thing with like when you own your own business. like You want somebody that you can rely on to be there to get the things that you need done, done. Mm-hmm. If that person's never showing up, like even if you don't... like you appreciate them and you really care for them if they're not showing up to do what you need them to do then you can't keep them around just because you like them right right so here's the question then i mean if someone was to come back to work and let's say they've lost their mother or their father Mm-hmm. brother or sister but we're talking like immediate in the house family right mm-hmm. if someone was to lose that that family member and they pass they've surpassed their three days of bereavement <clears throat> and then they go back to work but they're still completely discombobulated from the world yeah you're just as useless to an employer than you you know what I mean? Like if you were to go back to work and you're not performing to their expectation, you've already surpassed your days of bereavement and your mm-hmm. days of like, yeah, we understand your situation. At a certain point, it's going to be like, yeah, okay, we don't really give a shit about what you're feeling right now. Like you need to start pr- pr- producing yeah. because we're starting to see a decline in your performance. And if you continue to decline, we're probably going to let you go. So. Yeah, I, I, I think. The, the hard part with these scenarios is that for some people, going back to work provides that reprieve or it gets their mind off of the pain that they're feeling and it can kind of help with their healing process. And if they're off for too long, they can get anxiety about returning to work. So it, it kind of goes a little bit of both ways and that's where employers having employee assistant programs that provide mental health support to the employees is really beneficial. So like, I think bereavement is really set up so that you can get the funeral plans in order, attend the wake, attend the funeral, but it's really not there to be the grieving process that, that kind of needs to be on the own. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that the system's set up. Is the system uh, broken then? Well, the system is what it is. It's it, so you know, in a big organization, maybe they can eat the costs, um, but you're still asking them a, a lot of them in a in a small organization. Like, say with Livewell, where we have you know four employees, and we have so we have two working in the mornings, two working in the afternoons. If we lose a morning employee. That means the afternoon employees have to cover the mornings. And so now they're working double time mm. all the time. And so now you're putting a lot of stress and mental health stress on those employees. So 
um, it, it it's it's not ideal mm. for sure. The system is broken. The system is broken. I don't agree with the system, and I, you know, right? You make a mm-hmm. very solid point about you know it. It's not like those bereavement days are not meant for for you to like grieve. You know, yep. they're, they're they're meant for you to like get the funeral arrangement set. You know, uh, call family members. To, hey, listen, mm-hmm. funerals this day or whatever the case may be. So like, I get that, but then it's. Still a lot of pressure because everybody should there be a grieving, grieving time. Grieving time now. Yes. So we have bereavement time, but then do we have grievement time? Is that even a word? Grievance. <laughs> grievance. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. English is yes, yes. But yeah. So like, should we? Uh, we should have maybe grieving well, time. It's it's hard to say because everybody's different. Everybody handles right. situations differently. But they should at least have it open for as an option. But again, you would have people taking it taking they don't advantage. need it because mm. they're just taking advantage of it. And like Ryan was saying, it depends on the company. Like, are they able to expend that money, right? Well, and for how long are they willing to do that? And for how many employees? But they, we do that with sick days. When someone takes a sick day, they're not actually sick. Sometimes. No. Sometimes. So, you could take a personal day, but again, companies... They tally those up, and then they're eventually like, if you have X amount of days, they start questioning like, hey, you're taking a lot of sick days. Mm-hmm. We need you at work. Mm-hmm. And then they put you on a program that allows you to, you have to call in to human resources in order to take a, a day. Like, you have to justify it and bring a doctor's mm-hmm. note and everything else. Because if you're taking too many days, where it's like, okay, let's, now you're hurting the company. Mm-hmm. There's a point where it's like the company will give you a certain amount of things that they can afford. But then once you exceed it, it's just kind of like, okay, now you're taking advantage of us. So we're either going to like pull back on that or we're just going to let you go. Because at a certain point, it's like if you're costing the company money, then you're no longer good for the company. So, so I, what I think this brings up a more interesting question is... Do you create a system where you don't allow anyone to take advantage of it? Or do you create a system that works for or 90% or 95% of people are compliant and get use out of? Because every system in like, you know, look at CERB or sick days or EI or any of these systems that are created by governments as support people always tend to focus on those 5% of people or the, the very minorities that take advantage of things mm-hmm. rather than all the people that get the benefit from the situation. And it, it this is, I, I think, more of an ethical question and economical question. Uh, there's two kind of par- parts to it, right? Definitely. What do you think, Phil? I think the system's broken. <laughs> Yeah, so what would you do to fix it? What would I do to fix it? I would give people a specific amount of bereavement days. Mm-hmm. Get your shit together. Fig- they figure out your funeral arrangements and all that stuff. Do you, boo-boo. I feel sorry for you. Take the time you need. Mm-hmm. I'm just as human as you are as well. And I might need like three to four to five more days to just process 
You know, like I need to process mm-hmm. still what's going on. Like five days is not that much time in a working week. Yeah. Five days is nothing. People take yeah. week vacations all the time. Yeah. I'm not saying a, a grievement, a grievance month, week, week. We let's start small and let's just say a week. Because I, I mean, like, like I said, people go on week vacations all the time. So hey, listen. Now this is more of like a mental thing where like I just cannot function. Now, as you said, Rye, some people are different and they, uh, they'll, um, excuse me. They need the... They'll dive into work. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. The sorry, distraction. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, so they need it because the, 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 of the distraction and like, you know, yeah. it, it will help them, you know, <clears throat> work better and like they, they'll, they'll take their mind off of things, but... Maybe some people don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you just leave it up to choice. Right. So it's like, okay, like just put the option on the table. Here's your week. You have, everybody gets, let's just say, you know, four weeks of vacation, five sick days, three bereavement days, but then you also get five, let's call them personal days instead of grievance days because nobody wants to put the title like mm-hmm. okay well I'm taking grievance day but so let's just say you get you get five personal days but they're specifically for point of deaths and stuff like after that. bereavement after, yeah, after bereavement they're specifically for that only mm-hmm. that's what I think should be done give people at least a week because once again not every human being is the same and we know that how Never mind. I'm not going to say that. Would you pay them in full or would you do a partial payment? There's no difference. Listen, I don't play God. I can't say you're dying today or you're dying today. You you look at everything the same way and say, okay, you pay them the same amount. You let them deal with, because there's so much stuff that you have to do and deal with. When you have to go through like a, a, a death in a family, it's such a buzzkill. And the last thing you want to worry about is like, okay, am I getting paid in full to pay my bills when I come back? Like, you don't want to deal with that. It's like, hey, listen, go do what you have to do. Come back to us when you're strong enough. So what I'd say to that, though, is it still doesn't take into account when you do come back, right? Because... Even if you give them an extra week, maybe they're better than they were the week before, but they're not going to be a hundred percent. So you still need the manager, or supervisor of that employee to to create some sort of plan to get them back in. Like, I, I lighten the load of work and stuff yeah. like that. Right? Yeah. yeah. With that, see that, feel that. It's like for me when I'm at work, I'm not going to have somebody come from bereavement and put them right on the mill to operate it. That's probably not a good idea. Or, you know, Duh. if someone me. is struggling or distracted, like, I'm not going to have them operate machinery. That's probably not a good idea either. So it's just kind of like you you kind of have to, as employers, you have, like, that's part of your job is to watch these people when, when they are back into work and make sure, like, they're okay at a health and safety standpoint too, right? So... I mean, when you come back from bereavement, your employer or your, your boss or whoever it is, your manager, is probably going to be keeping an eye on you and at least lightening your load, like having other people take some things for you mm-hmm. until they seem like, okay, you sh- you're you better now, right? Like through conversation and your 
Well, you have to talk about it. you got to talk about it for sure. Because they also need to make sure, like a health and safety and production standpoint, that you're good, right, in the right state of mind. So there is, like, even if you're back to work, like, they do, like, managers would lighten loads and for you mm-hmm. to make sure, like, hey, like, is this okay for you? Mm-hmm. And other people have to pick up the slack somewhere. But, again, that's the give and take of when that person goes off for bereavement, you're going to be there to pick up their bits and pieces. Yeah. Well, like, once again... Not every human being is like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes good management, right? And, and Solid management. So, so managers need to be put... Like, you shouldn't be putting managers, people in management positions that can't do that. And, and strong companies put good managers in those positions so that they can deal with the, the soft skills and the, the personality conflicts and all, all those things that come up. Mm-hmm. It's not just about being really good at the job that they came from, right? It's got to be about how you can manage people. I think leaders are born, they're not bred. And a lot of times people try to, if they don't find somebody that's leader capable, they try and breed a leader. And that's where you can have certain things with like managers and all that, just kind of not creating a proper environment because they're they're kind of like, Here's a document to tell you how to be a leader, how to manage. But if the person's not capable, like quality-wise, to be able to identify certain things with employees and be able to like manage it properly, then that's where you can run into those certain issues. That was a cute statement. I like that one. Born not bred. Yeah, because <laughs> I because you know my company they breed a lot of people. A lot of companies today try to breed. Like yeah. Ryan said, like, oh, that guy's really good at their job. Yeah. You're going to be a leader. But they might be really good at their job, but they're not that great at leading. As a leader, yeah. And then that's exactly. where, you know, it right. starts falling apart because everyone's disgruntled. Guy's good at their job, but it's like you don't know how to do the aspect of your new job, which is to make sure, like, this is working properly, like that nucleus. That's why you're such a great man. There's like um, a common phrase that people end up in one position higher than they're actually capable of, right? So, you know, if someone makes it to VP, realistically, they probably were actually a GM. And they always get, and you keep getting promoted until... You get fired. Well, maybe you (laughs) get fired. (laughs) At at that level, yeah. Not retired, not retired. You get fired. Because here's the funny thing. I'm going to say it with my chest. What I've been noticing in my company is that as people become managers or lead hands, that's when they either get fired or laid off. Yeah. You don't get any higher. You either get fired or laid off. So if any director, CEO, or whatever from my business was to ask me, hey, do you want to become a manager? I'd probably tell them... Are you looking to fire me within the next year and a half? Because that's what I've been seeing. That is the common trend <laughs> that I've been seeing. Because what I've noticed is that great managers, phenomenal managers, they end up getting canned. Well, like, if there's a team that's not performing well, is it easier to fire the person 
get rid of the person that's making 150 grand a year or get rid of three people that are making 50 grand a year. Do you want my honest right? opinion on that? Or was that a question? Or was it's that a, a question. Statement? Okay. It's a question. So can I give you my honest opinion yeah, yeah. on that? You get rid of those piece of shit co-workers you got. Those three people that can't do the job, get rid of them. Because you yeah. know why? There's a guy named Austin. There's a guy named Ryan. There's a guy named Phil that would probably do a better job than those people that have a better educational background on that stuff. Depending on whatever career it is. But it's faster to train. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, that was a question or a statement? That was a statement. Okay, because it seemed like a statement, but I was like, wait, it's easier to tr- like fire somebody at entry level and then train somebody at entry level. Than right. Yep. Years they, of experience just. But companies don't gain. Like, if, if someone's making 150, maybe they can replace them with someone who's making 120. So mm-hmm. right. companies also look at it and they're like, all right. Yeah. Now, if I've you have somebody grand, right? that you could promote into that position that you know, okay, this person is born to do it then it's like okay it's easier just to but why get rid get, of get rid of talent? get rid of the coach instead of the quarterback but why get yeah. rid of but why get rid of good talent Let's get it's rid- like you're not going to get rid of Tom Brady if you got a guy like Geno Smith backing him up hey but here's the thing you get rid of Rex Ryan even though he went to two AFC championships with Mark Sanchez yes but you get rid of him when you got Geno oh god instead of getting rid of Geno no butt fumble, though. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. But seriously, honest to God, get rid of the three people that cannot perform. Yeah, does it suck that you're paying a guy 150k? But you also have to look at the production level from what he's giving you for the other 75 people that are working within your that business. If someone's, I try to tell this to my own manager. Listen. Joe Blow and Stacey Liu, they're not performing. So what would you do if someone's not performing well? And they, you can see that in their production level too. Get rid of them. Yeah. Plain and simple. But they get rid of them. They don't do that until no, they, they get to the upper levels. Right. Then they're like, okay, you are, see, when you're at the lower levels, you just don't get raises. You don't get no. promoted. But they'll just let you stay around until you quit. Right. Right? Right. When you get to the upper levels. They'll get rid of you. Acts, yeah, right? for sure. That's I, what happens. Yeah, I feel it, see it, understand it, money, blah, blah, blah. But let's talk about like ethic and stuff like that where it's like, hey, you know, the principles. Like if someone's producing and someone's not producing, I should probably get rid of the person that's mm-hmm. not producing. But it's also how much you've invested in that person to perform. So like when they promote you, they're expecting, they're investing more into you, expecting you to perform more. As a manager, you mean, right? Well, just or whenever you get promoted or whatever to okay. a new role, it's like, hey, you're gonna, we're gonna give you more. We're investing into you mm-hmm. instead of you know Stacy Lou, mm-hmm. and then it's okay, Stacy Lou is That's... still Stacy Lou, but we're investing in you. If you can't fill up to that, it's like, okay, well now we're losing on that investment. Whereas Stacy Lou's, we already know she's a shitty investment, but we'd rather keep her because she's doing okay. But she's okay. not doing okay, though. If she's doing terrible, yes. then they, they would, like, release her. But, I mean, 
it's it's hard to fire somebody nowadays because you have to build up like a resume <laughs> greater than their resume that they got hired with in order to fire them. Yeah, they gotta find reasons to fire you. Is what you're really saying. If, yeah. And if you know yeah. Stacy Lou's doing a subpar shitty job, yeah. she's also probably like one of those select few that are playing the system and knows the system well yeah. to like not dabble too far over where she's gonna get fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's just gonna play on that line where yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good I'm like she's comfortable with her lifestyle or his lifestyle and they're just like I'm just gonna coast and then it's like whatever doesn't get me canned I'll do the bare minimum so and you, because they haven't invested so much into me yeah. and they're not going to because I right. have no reason to right. they're just gonna let me slide on through until I retire because it's easier for them instead of having somebody day in and day out going through the records trying to See, get Joe well, Blow to get fired. To me, that makes no sense. Yeah. To me, that makes no sense. And that's only because of my work ethic. I've worked very hard to get to where I am. I got a great education. I managed to get a great job. I'm happy with some of the things my job does, but I don't like how they operate with certain, certain categories. But it's like, if you're busting your ass and you're not seeing anything in return okay well that that and that's where it comes in where your managers should be seeing that and if they're not they don't have the right managers and then you gotta get rid of the coach right Mm -hmm. because at some point you go from that guy who's busting his ass to go on well fuck it why why don't i just coast right i'm not seeing any benefit out of working hard might as well just put in 75 percent Put it on autopilot. Why not? A lot of people, a lot of employees do that because they just get, they start out working their ass off and they see certain people coasting and nothing being done by it and nothing's going their way. So they go, whatever, I'm going to do the same. Hmm. And they fall into it, right? Makes sense. Or, or you're career oriented and then all of a sudden you get married and you have kids and you go you know what, they're not helping me out at work. I'm not going to bust my ass at work. I have kids. I'm going to put my focus there. Or yeah. I'm going to put my focus on a side project or a hobby or something else. And that's where your emotional energy goes to. That's where your like physical and mental energy go to. You, you switch gears and you just kind of go, yep, I got that over there. I'm fine. I'm not going anywhere. I've learned all the skills. I'm good. I'm not seeing any benefit. Let me put my focus elsewhere. And you can even see an employee's like, you have a really good employee, and then all of a sudden something might happen in their personal life, and they start to fall off at work because they're dealing with other things outside. Yeah. And then you can't, for a certain extent, you can't sit there and take it against them. You just kind of have to work with them until they get, end up back towards. And you just have to work with it. Like, a lot of times you can sit there and be like, hey, this employee sucks. But your coach says, well, we can't do anything about it. We can't hire somebody. And right now we can't make, like, a move a personnel move so you as a manager or whatever would have to deal with that to keep good standard with the ship afloat yeah the ship afloat and you'd have to like okay well how do i limit him to or this employee who's struggling how do i limit his struggles so that it doesn't bring down the rest of the well, the, this the is team. like performance management, right? Yeah. It, in in a good way, not in the like the retribution negative impacts. This is more yeah. of the positive, right? 
of talking about how do you do like positive performance management to get the most out of your employees or the people underneath you or even your fellow co-workers, right? Like you, yeah. can, you can kind of do it amongst yourself and that's the leaders are born type of thing, right? If you take on that role. Born or bred? Are you born or bred? That's very interesting. I liked that statement, man. That was cute. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. But that's it's the truth. That's what is happening. People are just being bred. But anyways. <clears throat> uh, Ryan, I have a question to ask you, sir. Sure. Only answer if you're comfortable. Okay. Are we friends? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But seriously, though, uh, uh, somehow, some way, I don't know. There's this thing that's going around the world. It's called COVID. I don't, don't know if you heard hmm. of it, but uh, somehow, some way, we always manage to talk about COVID on our podcasts. And uh, Phil likes the topic. I yeah. you know, I'm not gonna lie. I really do. I really do like COVID talk. Um, you know, Oz and I were talking this morning about like there's the pros and cons of, of COVID. Whether no, yep. matter, no matter what way you look at it, there's pros and there's cons. Yep. It's opened the doors to you know all this racism talk. It's opened the doors to you know people are being a little bit more aware of like Pizzagate and stuff like that. And and uh, I guess people are becoming more aware of each other. Yeah. And That's, not focused on just the individualistic... Right. Tunnel vision. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Tunnel vision. Right. Because I think a lot of, like, even with social media and everything else, like, people are so consumed in the technology that it's creating... Like, capitalism is an individualistic ideology to begin with. But I think with technology and advancement, everyone's just so consumed into... Like, it's like kids today when you go for dinner or whatever, and instead of, like, the kids always just being consumed by an iPad or a phone... Like, kids have phones when they're seven years old now that have, mm-hmm. like, iPhones. I'm like, mm-hmm. I got a flip phone when I was in grade 12, I think. Yeah. And it was pay as you go. I didn't have a phone until I And I had to I pay 18. for it for myself. It's like, now kids in kindergarten have freaking iPhones. Yeah. And they're FaceTiming each other. And it's, it's just like, oh, my God. It's scary. It's scary. But they're just, like, instead of, like, a kid, like, kids playing together or, like, conversing or, like, sitting at a dinner table and, like, taking in what's around them. They're just playing Pong on their iPad or whatever, right? And, I mean, I do it a lot, too. Like, I get consumed with video games a lot. And it's like, instead of going for a hike or whatever, right? Like, you just get consumed in technology and it creates a vast individualistic viewpoint. I think COVID, it slowed that all down. And it made people spend more time together and realize... In certain areas, though. In certain areas, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think that's what also has led to, you know, like the protest becoming a big thing because it was like the only thing that to to do. But it was also because people started connecting with other people at a certain extent. It slowed everyone down and then allowed people to just kind of like reflect. Yeah. And I think that's what like it's it's a positive out of it. Mm hmm. Negatives is there's a lot more conspiracy theories. A ton. <laughs> a ton. What scares me is like how when COVID started, everyone's like, well, there goes all the anti-vaxxer movement. 
and and it did like dive for like two months but now you're starting to see it creep up right you're seeing all these anti-vaxxers starting to surface and go oh if if a vaccine comes in i'm not taking it yeah. I, I don't know i don't know right and so they're gonna try and screw us over just by all these people that don't like, want to take their medicine it's like the anti-vaccine thing like i get i guess like, oh, well, i get i understand like if i don't have covid don't stick a needle in me right like because we can allow nature to take its course like some people can be immune from it and there's no need for them to get a vaccine that would have a side effect if you don't need it so i think it's like you can you should get vaccinated if you get tested positive that's okay here's the vaccine but if you're negative there's no reason for you to just what you're talking about is getting a a retroviral yeah well because once you're you're positive you can't take the vaccine the vaccines to prevent but there might be retrovirals that you can take after that help you go through it or like they're noticing like hydrocortisone and a couple other steroids help you get yeah. through it faster but you kind of have to pick one or the other either you take your vaccine and prevent or you don't take it and you take when you get it, you take the retroviral yeah. after. Hold on, I, I hold think on. like if you take the vax, if everyone just gets administered a vaccine, we won't know if there is somebody immune to it, and then maybe see like can it pass on? Like can their children become immune well, to it? And is sure. there and that way yeah. you, you can find something that may may be better a better way of treating the virus that like a better a better vaccine. It's out there, yeah. so it's like if you get. When you get tested positive, okay, you take the, whatever it was called, like the... Retroviral. The retroviral. Yeah. And then maybe children that are born, if it's a vaccine that's proven to be worked, everyone that's born is almost like a vaccine you take regular. It's part of those vaccines. But if someone's immune and never has the virus that's alive right now, I don't think they should just be given something just to, just because. So like... Are we going to wait for, like, the prostitute in Africa that's, like, immune to HIV to create, like, some sort of vaccine for, like, AIDS, right? Like, that that took, I think, 25 years before they found out that existed. Yeah. And Which now, is, like, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> literally, yeah. it was, like, yesterday. It's only here. Yeah. So, do you want to wait, like, tw- uh, we're talking about, like, 2045 before we find, like... S- someone who's immune potentially like it's going to go through the whole population by then i'm not saying it's going to take that long but it's uh it's something that you got to grasp with whether you want to go down that route or you go down the route of what they're doing now where they're looking at other sars viruses and how you can attack them and see if you can attack this one that way as well. Yeah. So, so, which I okay. agree with, but I think with, you know, with the whole freedoms and all that, like you can't force somebody to, Hey, no, you can never stick this yeah. vaccine in just because no. we're telling you to. Right. Um, yeah. so let's just say Joe has COVID. Hi okay. Joe. Hi Joe. Hey Joe. Um, Joe has COVID. Yeah. We're social distancing ourselves at mm-hmm. our table here. But let's say Joe has COVID. Uh, he doesn't know he has it, right? And I guess let's just say over time, it just kind of went away. Is that even possible? I don't even know. Is that it even possible? It could be. You could create antibodies for it. 
No, no, no. Not taking any drugs or anything. No, but your natural antibodies. Okay, good. right. So, like, yeah. where you get the common cold, right? Like, right. It just goes away. So, yeah. what's the happen. point of taking the vaccination if you've already had it? Because what if Joe infects Grandma Joe and Grandpa Joe, and then they die from it, or they get very sick from it, or like you, you gotta. This well, is like a socialist so argument, I, I, right? I, I might be a little lost on this one because. Um, if Joe takes, if Joe doesn't take the vaccination, yeah, but he's already had COVID and it goes away. It, I don't even know if you can even. I, you can I get it again. Okay, I know we talked about this it's, before. It becomes can, like the cold, where it's just okay. Like it, it can. Question answered. We can get off the topic. Question was answered because that was something that I still did not get confirmation on, and whether you could just get it again. Mm-hmm. They this, think so. It, they think so, right? Well, the the virus itself will mutate, stay alive, and mm-hmm. then it'll mutate. And then you can potentially get it again because your antibodies might. Because I think it's originally like when a brand new thing comes out that has never hit humanity before. You like we don't create the antibodies, so in order like you might get you'll get sick, and then you can either your body just doesn't create the antibodies because it's like I don't know what that is. It doesn't trigger it for your immune system, or it it does click in and it kills it, but then. Because it's never experienced, it's only experienced at one time, it'll stop making those antibodies. And then you can contract it again. And then eventually, if you contract like a cold, it'll constantly keep making antibodies for it. But if it's brand new, like you probably, you'll create antibodies, get rid of the sickness, and then your antibodies, will, you'll stop making them. Okay. Groovy. Right. Or it mutates and your antibodies don't work. Can't fight anymore. it and right. then you get sick again. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you. Appreciate it. Educated. Um, I didn't really get to ask my question. No. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just going to be completely what was honest. Your question? I did not get to ask my question, but I, 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 I we're slowly kind of getting to that hour. But, um, so there's this thing called COVID. Yada, 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 yada. Ray, Ray, Ray. Um, so with Live Well. Yep. How was it like prior, like pre-COVID? How was it like pre-COVID? Like business was fine, business was good, business was bad, business was okay. Yeah, so like um, we opened uh, just over two years ago, so we're hitting like the two-year mark. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're continuing to grow from like a basically a startup, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're, we were about to hit like kind of our break even and then all of a sudden, boom, COVID hits, right? right. So mandatory shut down your business mm-hmm. and it's just like, what the hell just hit us, right? Mm-hmm. Just like a brick. So, you know, with any business you have variable costs and you have fixed costs. So, like, staffing would be, like, a variable cost, right? If we're not running sessions, we don't have any staff, we're not paying our staff anything. Yeah. But then we have fixed costs, like our business loan, and the biggest one being, like, rent, right? And so we can't do anything with those. Like, you you either you have to pay them, mm-hmm. or they have to agree to not take the money from you, right? So... Government came down real quickly and told business uh, banks not to 
like take the money from you. So the loan was okay. Oh, that's for the of. loans though. It yeah, wasn't for the for rent. The loans. Yeah. Okay, so, so okay, yeah. So for the loan, it but this is the tricky thing. They still collect their interest. So mm-hmm. the banks are still collecting their money. They're just not knocking off your principal. <laughs> right? So they're just every just month building interest. Every month that they're taking off um, or that you're not paying down your principal, they're just adding on to the end of your loan term. So instead of having a five-year loan term, now we have a five-year, six-month loan term. So the banks are actually going to make more money off of us based off of that. So it's advantageous to them. I don't like how you've opened this door to my, my brain. <laughs> now this, this, this adds more conspiracy into my head, man. It's conspiracy to others, truth to me. I, but I don't like how you just opened that that avenue to my to my. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Okay. So so the other fixed costs, rent, right? So rent, whether it's residential or commercial, that's a provincial kind of regulated industry. So like Oz, what would you think? Our space is like twenty two hundred square feet. What do you think like a a mortgage or like rent? would be on like a 2200 square feet place like think of like a house like a residential house like what's a mortgage on like a 2200 square foot house depending on how much you put down but i'd say someone's probably looking at realistically probably like a month on a house 15 to two so what would you think it would be for a business probably more than that probably double probably double yeah keep going Really? Yeah, it's like triple. Yeah, so maybe about like six or seven. Yeah, I want to say. Exactly. No, you know what? Because it's commercial and right. it's got the area, and it right. depends on where the area is. I did yeah. know that. I did know that. My apologies. If it's got a window front. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's uh, bottom ground floor or whether it's second floor. There's a Tim Hortons there. Mm. Tim Hortons right across the street. There McDonald's right next door. Oh. Great for our obese mm. clients, right? On a yeah. gas station too. Um, mm. So all of a sudden you have a fixed cost of seven grand a month or six grand a month. Plus you have your fixed cost of your business loan, not the principal, but still the interest. And... So with that fixed cost of the the rent, we're going, okay, where's our help here? And so eventually they come in and the government goes, okay, well, if you're not making 70%, so if you've lost 70% of your income or more, and your landlord agrees to... Um, Freeze it? No, or- to put on, like to apply. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just add the money to it. Then the landlord basically loses twenty five percent. So the landlord, you're you're making the gov- the government's making the landlord apply to lose twenty five percent of their money, and then the business would pay twenty five, and the government comes in with twenty five, and then there's a twenty five percent loss, or uh, I think it's fifty twenty five twenty five loss. So yeah. At the end of the day, like, yeah, you save a bit of money, but why would the landlord apply to lose money? To lose money. Why are they going to work to lose money? Mm-hmm. What's in it that's, for them? That's what I don't get, though, is because, like, you, these landlords, they, they're just trying to, like, get even residential. I don't care if it's residential yeah. commercials. Same thing to me. Yeah. You know, they're going to get these people to, actually, I shouldn't say residential, I'll just say commercial. 
They want to charge their their tenants their their rental fee. Yep. But then when they they get kicked out, they they got a, a vacant lot. Yep. Right. It's like why would they want that? Especially with like commercial, right? Like you look at it with everyone working from home. Who's gonna want to get a building? Who's gonna want to put the money into exactly. the investing? What businesses are gonna no. be opening at this time? No, I, I, right? I, I I've been trying to encourage. I've been saying it to myself, but I've also mentioned to my manager that you know we work in a, a three story high rise building where I've been working. I've been going back to work for the past I think three weeks now. I work I work in the office at least two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. And I, I walk into the office and there's a maximum of like 10 people out of like a, over 500 people in this building. And there's only only like 10 people in the building. I'm like, these guys just need to sell this damn building. Amazing. Uh, imagine the amount of money that they're losing. Electrical, hydro, like the list goes on. Wi-Fi. Well, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But like, so like you have all those costs, right? And, and then like for us. Like, what happens when we're not losing 70%, right? So we we converted a lot of our members into online membership. So we're still bringing in income and revenue, but we lost, like, let's say, like, between, like, a third to 50% of your revenue. There's nothing for us mm-hmm. available on, on the rent subsidy because it's a hard line. There's no, like, kind of, like, increments of, all right, well, if you lost 30%, you can get like, you know, 10% off your rent or whatever the things are. Just like you think of like taxes, right? The the more money you make, the more taxes you get. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like all of a sudden you hit a threshold and you're, that's when you get taxed. No, it's all the way along, right? Other than that real low limit. And so that's what I think should have happened with the, the, the rental Thing for commercial is that they should have started and go okay well like if you lost 75 percent or whatever it was then you um get like the full amount but then if you lost 50 percent you get like you know two-thirds or half of the amount and if you lost 25 percent you get whatever the number you want to do it but give some steps along the way so that businesses can get something mm-hmm. if they weren't able to lose everything. Cause you're basically saying you either want to lose everything or like basically like completely try and rebuild your business or you need to like go balls to the wall and, and which is unrealistic in this market. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I've said it once, twice, three times, four times, five times, a gazillion times, not putting any, uh, worry into your head because you're not a worrying kind of guy but uh, I've been saying it for the longest time especially at the beginning of COVID when they open up the economy six months after that people are going to lose their jobs Yep. people are going to lose their jobs and they're going to lose their businesses it's it's, it's, it's bound to happen it's bound yep. to happen because people can't make profit right Especially with all these people working from home. Like, it's just, it's, anyways, so, we're running out of uh, time here, but there's a couple more things that I wanted to ask you. Sure. Um, How, how is it, like, how is it in 
you're building right now? Like, like what are like what are the 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 PPE the precautions and stuff that you guys have to so, do? Yeah, so like we we went online and we uh, delivered programming for um, from basically mid March to mid June online only, mm. and in mid June. Um, because of us being regulated health professionals, we were able to come back. Uh, but we basically had to, cr- we were told you need to do these things by the government, but there's no real plan put together or some template to follow. Right. And actually the template came out, I think the day we opened to kind of follow. And it was this big, long plan that you had to like fill out. But Sorry, where did you get that from? Uh, the government of Ontario, oh, okay. they they finally put out like some sort of template to follow of like what precautions you're taking and blah 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 and, and asking like how do you train your staff? How now, are you going to make people aware? Where's the signage? Blah, blah. Are all businesses getting this? Uh, or only like health? No, no. All businesses. Well, it's available on the website. Okay. Yeah. The government of Ontario website. Whether businesses are aware that mm-hmm. it exists or not. Yeah. Who knows, right? Yeah. So, um, basically, uh, our staff have to wear face shields and face masks. Um, oh, face shield and masks. And masks. Wow. So, the mask is to protect the person they're working with. Yeah. The face shields to protect the staff, mm-hmm. right? When people enter the building, they got to use their hand sanitizer. Um, we bought a fogging machine with some Ooh. disinfectant. Um, every single time... People use a piece of equipment, they spray it, they have their own spray bottles, each member has a spray bottle, and um, there's paper towel all throughout the clinic, which means a lot of waste. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. they spray the equipment before, they use it, they spray it after, then afterwards our staff comes around and sprays it again. Mm. And that is a healthcare necess- necessity, so that's... Basically, the regulated health professions saying that you need to do that. And I think it's good practice anyway. So you have to do those things. Sorry. They're saying that for health clinics or are they saying that for like businesses? No, just health clinics. Okay. Like, okay. so like, even like gyms and all that. But I mean, even at a gym, like you're, they always had spray balls and it was always requested for you to like do it. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, Nobody ever did. Now it's like, hey, you got to do it now. Now you have to do it. Yeah. yeah, so we got to make sure that it's at least wiped down, like, well, basically called the wipe thrice method, right? So it's wipe pre, post, and then again by one of us, just to make sure mm-hmm. that everything's gone, even though we know it's basically just airborne, right? But those those are still in place, right? Um, each time they use a piece of equipment, uh, like, say, like, um, like a a band or something they put it away and it's only one use basically and then we fog it and we leave it for 24 hours afterwards the spray bottles even we have to spray down the spray bottles um pencils we put in like a sanitary solution so there's a lot and then we went from a capacity of 12 um to a capacity of six but we still have to have two staff there right so basically our staffing costs have doubled our cleaning time, instead of taking, you know, a half hour after a shift, now it takes at least an hour with two staff. So, so like properly sanitize everything. And clean everything, right? And you're doing that twice a day. So you're doing that in the morning and in the afternoon. So the staffing costs have gone up. The cleaning costs, so that to get um, the cleaning solution that goes in the fogger, 
a gallon is like 50 bucks so we go through and we go through like a get a couple gallons a week so and that's coming out of your guys yes yeah. Po- like, yeah like not your pocket but like yeah. your business exactly it's pretty much like a new expense if, if you want to run and stay open these yeah. are the new guidelines yeah you, have to follow. yeah. you can so either so- you can either like leak slowly and 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 slowly sink yeah mm-hmm. or you go in and you pay for it um as a business just to kind of stay open so mm-hmm. a lot of businesses are going to struggle with that just yeah. in general or their economics are going to have to change and they're going to have to start charging people more and um and then it goes on the consumer yeah. and then the consumer has to make the decision do I want to still support this business? Can I afford to support this yeah, business? Yeah, that's the key thing. Can I afford to do it? Or, like, can I not even afford to do it anymore because I've lost my job or my pension's gone down or, or um, whatever. But, like, the worst thing that business can do is make it so it's an unsafe place for their consumers to go mm-hmm. to, right? So the business has to do everything in their power and they got to bear the brunt of the expenses. But at some point... It's going to fall on the consumer. And then the consumer has got to decide to do it or not, like you said. But then it's also, if they can't do it and their well-being diminishes, then they're affected at work. They're affected in their life. And they go downhill because they can't afford certain things that you would provide for them to actually feel better, do better. Mm -hmm. And then... That goes downhill. Exactly. Like one of the biggest complications from COVID is cardiac issues. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest uh, problems with people having severe complications from COVID is if they're obese or have cardiac issues. What are our clientele? Those type of people, right? So those people are getting affected and either not able to get our services to get themselves into the best health so they can fight the disease if they were to get it. But also, after they get it, they may, they may have nowhere to turn, right? So Weenie. <laughs> oh, weenie. Crazy old dog. <laughs> so, so that's the struggle that a lot of people are facing, faced with is, like, how do they protect their health short-term versus and long-term? And are they going to have anywhere to turn? You know, gyms were one of the last places to reopen right and so a lot of people that need that for their mental health or their physical health weren't able to get it Mm. and what are the ramifications of them short medium and long term and it it could be pretty severe i know i missed the gym i missed three months of doing absolutely nothing I'm not going <laughs> to comment on that because I've been to the gym and God knows how long, but... Um, Lost all my progress. <laughs> Gains, bro. Gains. Gains all day. Well, right, I, uh, unfortunately, I, there's so much uh, that we could, that we want to talk with you uh, about, but uh, time is not our friend today. Um, but definitely would love to have you back on if you're ever interested in joining the, the, the channel here. But um, always a pleasure. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Oz. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming down. Ozzy, 
Uh, if you want to be on the show or give us a shout, you can find us on Instagram, Steeltown Talks, or you can uh, email us at steeltowntalks at gmail.com.